Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. This is your weekly dose of Dream Home Inspiration, bringing you clever hacks and tips from the very best local experts with your hosts, Tara and Joe. Welcome to the Dream Home Movement. I'm Joe Violetta. I'm joined, as always, in the studio by my fabulous co-host Tara Vandalite. How you doing tonight? That was a weird. Absolutely it. great, Joe. How you doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> totally natural. <laughs> On this freezing July evening, we are going to explore. The leafy suburb of Frankston South, gorgeous suburb. One of my favourites. Yes, and to help us explore Frankston South, we have local agency director Janice Dunn. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Of Janice Dunn Estate Agents and also uh, one of the agents from Janice Dunn Estate Agents, Brian. Good evening, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, you're a natural. I am. I'm missing my radio voice as we speak. Yes. <laughs> Fabulous. I just show you the true light. Light me up and make me feel alright. Cause baby, we are always shining bright. Take me home tonight. Welcome back, everyone. You are on the Dream Home Movement. And today, our special guest is Janice Dunn's. And Brian from Janice Dunn's Estate Agents. Lovely to have you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Good to be here. Um, now, Janice, I've known for quite a few years. Um, she has a boutique independent agency based in Frankston South. Um, Janice and her growing team are committed to offering um, their clients the best expert insights into Frankston South and the Mornington Peninsula property market, offering personalised service. They treat each client like family. Janice has lived in the Frankston South for over 20 years. She's certainly been there longer than me (laughs) and has raised her family um, in Frankston South now and is just loving being a grandmother. By the way, your granddaughter is gorgeous. She certainly is. How old is she now? She's three and a bit now and she's absolutely adorable. She's beautiful. She's got those real Dutch features, doesn't she? And she does. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from. Well, this is it. I mean, she looks like she could be one of my nieces or nephews yes. <laughs> because she's got that lovely blonde hair. Um, so tell me a little bit about the different types because the reason why I personally like Frankston South is there's some really interesting homes. Yeah, I'm so lucky looking after Frank's and South. Yeah. Every home is different. It's just awesome. We've got everything from clinker brick homes so that that full English charm yep. to the mid-century modernist homes. They're my favourite. Just love the mid-century modernist homes. Some of the properties I've sold over the years have been like Chancellor Patrick homes. Yes. Sold a Robin Boyd home. That was an amazing sale. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Had a few merchant builder homes. They're, they're so easy to renovate. Um, Lucas Morris and Fashion Johnson, just to name a few. So we're so lucky in Frankston South because back in the 60s and 70s, there was a lot of money around that area then. So the people had the money to be able to engage those fantastic architects and builders Hmm. to build these quality homes that we're all getting our hands on now and then we're updating them and making them uh, come back to what we have these days. Amazing. So there's some real high-end names you were saying there, Robin Boyd, um, Chancellor, Chancellor Patrick. Patrick. Um, they're they're big names. They certainly are. They belong everywhere in Melbourne. You know, you see them in Turak, you see them in everywhere. But um, yeah, they've got some amazing examples down 
in Frankston South because they've got the room to be yes. creative, don't they? Like the typical block um, where you work um, is usually about two-thirds of an acre, isn't it, or three-quarters of an acre sometimes? Yeah, that's where mm. I specialise in, are those two-thirds of an acre blocks, Frankston yep. South, Mount Eliza. And what I'm finding is all those old original homes yeah. when you get to know the original vendors they're all now in their 80s late 80s 90s yep. they tell you the stories of what went into when they first decided to build the homes it's just so exciting listening to the stories as to why they chose the builders that they chose um yep. i can remember the first time i sold the robin boyd home i was so lucky um i've got to sell that one twice it's actually in the street you yes, I yeah. love that Robin Boyd. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm circling it. I'd like to buy that next time. Uh, no, <laughs> me no, first, Janice, please. No, I'm going to get this time. <laughs> the current owners have promised me that I can buy it from them okay. next time. But it'll probably be out of my price range by then. Yeah. But anyway, we'll give it a try. It, it does always hit well above market rate, that, that particular house, doesn't it? Because it does. it's very cool. Yeah. You guys, if, if you're listening to us, do a bit of a Google search, Frankston South, Robin Boyd. This particular one will come up. Janice's face will be there. <laughs> All over it. Um, but it's this awesome sort of, um, it's a square house. It's got like a courtyard in the middle, which is really exciting. And it backs sort of onto a reserve um, down Sweetwater Creek. So it's it's a spectacular house. It's um yeah, it's 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 very interesting, isn't it? It's got it some is. real yeah, some yeah. really interesting features to it. The current owners have just made it fantastic. It was great when they bought it. Yeah. So the first time I sold it I was very lucky because it was an all original home then. Oh, so wow. I got to see it, what it was like when it was originally built. Yeah. It's fantastic. Now the person that bought that afterwards he used to work for Merchant Builder Homes. Oh. Now, as a consequence, he understood the Robin Boyd um, concept and he really appreciated it and had, he had a lot of, um, I don't know what you call it, he just loved the Robin Boyd concepts. Yeah. So he wanted to bring it back to today's standards. They were an old couple. They moved yep. down from Mount Martha. They yep. had been in the late 60s, I'd say. Yep. And he, he did a fantastic job at updating that and bringing it to what we want today. Now, the next owners, who were the lucky people that are living in it right now, mm. they actually she came from Frankston South. Oh. So that was awesome. So they already knew the area. They weren't very far away from the property. Yeah. And they just fell in love with the house as much as I did. Mm. Um, and they've made it even better. So they've put a pool in. They've made a few updates inside. And they're just enjoying that house just as much as the other owners have done as well. Interesting. And I'm going to be the next owner, I hope. Oh, well, there you <laughs> go. We can be neighbours. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, it's kind of interesting, Frankston South, is because people... People don't tend to leave it once they move in, do they? That's correct. <laughs> well, I can be testament to that. Yes. So I'm, um, I'm going to blow your mind just here. So I've lived in Frankston, Frankston South for 50 years. Oh, wow. So wow. I, grew up, I grew up on Cars Street. Cars Street's well, changed. It's, it's changed a lot. Mm. So I used to ride my scooter down the big hill and fallen over many times down <laughs> there and going, you know, walking down Cliff Road to the, um, uh, to the, to the beach and all that jazz. So, I am Frankston through and through. I love Cliff Road, <laughs> and that's that's becoming a very sort of bourgeois little strip there, very, isn't it? Millionaire's so, Low, yeah. yeah, road, really, mm. yeah, it's quite special. Um, so, yeah, so Frankston South people move in there, particularly the two thirds of an acre blocks, and they just don't move out. And why is that? 
oh, it's just such an awesome area to live in. Mm. Um, it's just so peaceful. Most of the blocks in that area are quite big and spacious and yep. you don't see your neighbours and you don't hear your neighbours, which is just fantastic. Mm. So once you've experienced that, it's hard to move. We're going through that at the moment. Yeah. We're, um, we're looking at downsizing, but really we can't find anywhere we want to live live in. Yep. So we're just going to have to wait for that Robin Boy. Oh, look, I, I know a townhouse for you, Jess. Okay. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, look, I must admit that I think I think it's fair to say that a lot of the homes in Frankston South, people have built them as their dream homes. Yeah. You know, they've got the slightly more generous blocks. They do have that beautiful leafy aspect and people have chosen that as the place to make their perfect forever, mm. forever homes. Um, and it's kind of great because they have the other thing for people with young kids like myself, you've got the Darinia Primary School Zone. And you've also got Frankston High, and both are really, really lovely schools yeah. that people, you know, move into the area Don't for. Don't forget Minnambar Primary School. <gasps> Minnambar Primary yeah. School as well. That's a very caring school. That's a beautiful school. Yeah, I've done a tour there. It's lovely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, if, if that's, the, it's, yeah, once you've experienced that, you don't want to leave, do you? No, exactly. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, so after, um, we might come back in a minute and talk about um, the favourite streets of Frankston South. Yeah, and I also want to hear a little bit more about Brian's history because if you've oh. been living in Frankston South for 50 years, I reckon you might have a few secrets. I've got plenty of <laughs> not secrets. Not you have secrets. <laughs> I have, but I'm not going to tell you secrets my secrets. about Frankston South. <laughs> Just tell us everyone else's secret. <laughs> yeah. I, I am the hidden secret of Frankston South. <laughs> we'll be back shortly. Welcome back. It's Joe here, and we're heading into part two of our interview with Brian and Janice from Janice Dunn Real Estate. We are exploring Frankston South. Now, Brian, before the break, you mentioned that you have been living in the area for quite some time. 50 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I know that you were a regular at some of the iconic haunts in um, in frankston not as a patron though not no not as a patron so in my other in my other life i, mm-hmm. uh, I sing in a band and i have been singing down the peninsula pretty much all my life so some of your um your listeners that are perhaps in my vintage would mm-hmm. remember back in the day uh the the family band we were called the band back in those <laughs> days and our first gig was at a Chinese restaurant just in Baxter. The call, it was called the Rainbow Restaurant. Oh, and wow. as a eight or nine year old and me and my um, two brothers, we'd play Beatles tunes and Elvis tunes wow. every Friday night. And you know the payment? The oh, payment was fried rice and sweet and sour pork. Oh, no. <laughs> I love it. As we, as we sort of got a little bit older, then we played at um, Stone's Wine Tavern. Yeah. So uh, probably 15 or 16, yeah. and that was Le Band. Um, we also played at St. Francis Church for many years. Yep. Um, and then uh, sort of uh, that band um, disbanded, and then Bratz. We played at the Pally Bar, and we played at um, Kirkpatrick's in Mornington and mm-hmm. Royal. And, yeah, so I am... I cannot actually go outside the border of Frankston South, that's otherwise where you I have to dissolve. <laughs> <laughs> but look, that's one of the things that make Frankston, um, the, this whole area so special is it's not just the schools, mm. but it's the, it's the culture that we're surrounded by. Mm. So the, mm. you know, the fantastic venues for live 
music and there've been some big name acts that have played at the the Pelly Bar for Yeah, 21st century back in the day. Y- yeah. I mean it's obviously being um revamped now. Mm. But yeah, it's an iconic venue and been around. Yeah. But also the sense of community too, I mm. think. And that's what's kept me here. And now I've started my own family and so keeps here. I, I played, um, uh, footy with, uh, Frankston Dolphins. Yeah. Um, you know, it's such a community based organization. It is. Mm, yeah. Um, and still, still just back in the, uh, the VFL this year, actually. Oh, wow. Mm. Very fun. Yeah. So fun who are you, fact. who, yeah, who are you playing for in the VFL? No, no, the Frankston, oh, Frankston okay. Dolphins are back in the VFL. I know, I was going to say, that. Oh I just look, I'm like, wow, you're, you're multi-talented. Well, I am multi-talented, but I don't play VFL. <laughs> so if we're thinking about Frankston South, mm. who would you say are the typical buyers? So who are you seeing mm. buying, and I'll address this to either Janice or Brian, um, who are you seeing are buying if you'd asked me that a few weeks ago, I would have said from everywhere. You'd be looking at people from the city. Yep. You'd be looking from people interstate, mm. overseas, etc. But what I did before I came out on the show was have a look at my last five sales just yep. to see where those buyers came from. Although we had buyers at our home opens from all over, mm. all different suburbs, they tend to have bought from around here. So just sold a street called uh, Burnett Crescent, number 10 Burnett Crescent. Our buyer came from Seaford. Right. Five mm. Fontaine Crescent came from Mount, Eli- from Mount Eliza, Beachside. Right. They chose to move from Beachside, Mount Eliza, to our beautiful leafy Frankston South. Mm-hmm. Um, Bangalore Avenue from Beachside, Mount Eliza, came across to beautiful leafy Frankston South. Three Ambleside, those buyers came from Frankston South. They all seem to be locals. Right. Uh, upgrading and enjoying what we've got here. Mm, so even though we've got lots of buyers looking in the area from everywhere, yep. the ones that seem to be the successful buyers that will pay the best price mm. seem to be locals. Because I think the locals understand the yeah. value of those blocks, don't they? Those the, 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 two, the, the, the two-thirds of an acre, three-quarters of an acre blocks, they are lifestyle blocks, mm. okay? They are like your own private resort, <laughs> okay? You have a pool, you have a beautiful big garden, you have a beautiful outdoor entertaining area. It's so very private. You often have a nice long driveway. That's all yours as well. And it's just very, very special um, forever family home that um, that that you, you, you know, you build your life around. Your friends and family really enjoy it because arriving at a home like that's pretty special. Um, and I think if you've been local to um, this part of the peninsula, you know the value of those blocks. Whereas if you're coming in from the city, you can sometimes look at them and go, oh, that's a bit hard work, yeah. <laughs> which they're not necessarily. Like once you get the maintenance down pat, um, you know, you know, that they're probably a little bit more work than um, a smaller block, but not substantially more work. Um, but yeah, the lifestyle they offer is 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 fantastic, and um, arguably sometimes better than what you can see on the beach side. Really, absolutely. Mm. And are you finding more families or downsizers or first home buyers? You would assume that, wouldn't you? Mm. About three out of the last five sales have been older people. Okay. People that have, um, mm. yeah, people in the 60s. Yep. In your, uh, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. One in St. Ives Avenue, a massive five, uh, five bedrooms home, beautiful product, mm. uh, sold for around about the 1.4, 1.5. Mm. People who were in the 60s bought it. 
and mm. move into a 4,000 square metre block of land because they just love the feeling. And maybe because they're, mm. they're finally in the position where they can actually have their, their dream, their dream home. I know my, my husband's parents, um, recently built, well, not recently, a few years ago, ma- this massive, beautiful home in, in, on the Gold Coast with bush views and beach views. And, and I'm thinking, it's just the two of you and us when we come up to visit, but it's like, but this is our dream. Yep. This is our dream home. Yes. So mm. yeah, it's, it's, that's really interesting. Now you've mentioned a few streets and I'm going to, this is a tricky question. Mm. What are your favorite streets? Oh, that's a really hard question. Mm. There's so many fantastic streets in Frankston South. So if you'd asked me that a couple of years ago, I would have said Marcus Road. Mm-hmm. Being Marcus Road, I just loved it because of the Robin Boyd home. It yep. just gave me that beautiful feeling about it. But I think now I'd probably say Rock Lodge. That's mm-hmm. an awesome street with the views. Yeah. Um, also, I love Cliff Road. Yes. Not the beach side of Cliff Road, but the other side. Right. Mm. Um, I feel in my mind, for me, I don't really want the view. I want mm-hmm. to be able to get off my backside and go for a walk and see the view from there. So, mm. yeah, okay. so many yeah. beautiful places to Lovely. live in Frankston South. Mm. How about you? Uh, for sentimental um, reasons, Car Street is um, <laughs> you know, always close to my heart. Mm. But I also, um, so the first uh, family home I bought was in Tarney Lodge, nice. and I just love that area. It's mm. just beautiful, yeah. beautiful homes. It's lovely and quiet. And, mm. um, it's sort of hidden away just on Stotts Lane there. So, um, yeah, those, those areas for me. Mm. Are there any spots in Frankston South that are really good opportunities to buy there and to, mm. to make money. So, um, either flipping or sitting for a little while and then, and then selling or since this is kind of a four part question or little sort of not so widely known spots of Frankston South mm. where you can still get a bargain. Where's the opportunities? Mm. I don't think bargains are out there anymore. <laughs> yep. I think because of the internet, www, everybody knows what a house is worth. Yeah. Hmm. However, when you're talking Frankston South, you've got houses right from 800,000 all the way up to 2.25 million yep. within 500 metres of each other. So if you do the correct renovations, mm-hmm. if you aim the renovations to the right buyers, mm. make it a universal feel so mm-hmm. that everybody's interested, not yes. just one demographic. Mm-hmm. It needs to be every demographic's interested in the property. Don't make it too out there. But make yep. sure it's a quality home, mm-hmm. quality updates. You can make really great money in Frankston South. Doesn't matter which street it is. Mm-hmm. I believe Frankston South. You'll make money whether you spend eight hundred thousand or whether you spend one point three, one point four. You can still make lots of money in that area. So it's not mm. so much the air, the the bit of no, the part no. of Frankston no, South. It's, it's more around mm. what you do with, with yeah. that with that property. There's people who are coming down there and saying, okay, I'm ready to buy my dream home. Now, yep. if you can mm. create that product for them, they'll pay accordingly. And lots of investors as well mm. are coming to this because they realise, you know, mm. it's such an aspirational um, mm. you know, yes. uh, town now. Mm. Um, you look at average rental yield is uh, around 5.25 per week for a well, four-bedroom home. Well, you've done homework. <laughs> <laughs> Just impressing the new boss <laughs> that's what i do um but yeah so it's um obviously it's uh you know the investors are targeting the area as well mm. yeah i agree which Absolutely. is really good to keep in mind yeah. yeah so we've got a question that we ask all of our guests mm. we've got two guests tonight we do yeah so two people to ask yes and the question is what 
does the term dream home mean to you? So who would like to go first? Okay, I'll go first. So I, I, I thought long and hard about this. Oh, and um, for me, personally, it needs to feel like a holiday house. Mm-hmm. And, and that's in terms of um, tranquility and comfort. And then also has to, uh, every member of the family has to have their own space. So very family orientated um, mm. answer. So, um, you know, that's, they're the, they're the things that I, that I, um, you know, that I think about when I think of a dream home. But I did create a list, but I'll let Janice answer her, <laughs> her first yeah. before I give you a more, um, yeah, straight down the line mm. answer. Okay. Mm. I've got to have natural light. I've got to have mm. lots mm-hmm. of natural light. I love to see the bush outside. Yeah. Uh, I love privacy. It's really important for me mm. to have privacy. Mm. When you work six, sometimes seven days a week, mm. when you're at home, you don't want to see any other homes around you. You don't want to mm. see people driving past. You don't want to see people walking past. So I want my privacy. So my dream home has lots of great big windows. It has high ceilings. It's got big open plan living because we're now downsizes, so there's only two of us living at home. And when the kids come and play and when the granddaughter comes and play, we want us all to be together. So yeah. I want a little bit different to what Brian wants, mm. but... Different, different generation. Well, it's it's funny that um, I, so I was reading an article about this, and mm. so they did a statistical analysis of what people valued in terms of their dream home. Ooh. And these are the points. So this is a little bit Sounds more straight down the line. Yes. So these ranked one to ten. Are okay. Number one, open living plans and clear sight lines. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ample kitchen space. Mm-hmm. Separate pantry. Mm-hmm. Kitchen yes. island. Yeah, that's popular, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mega storage everywhere. Mm-hmm. Master Mega storage. suite with master bath and walk-in closets. Uh, deck outdoor entertaining area. Energy efficient appliances. Two garage space. Low maintenance landscaping. There you have your top ten. Mm. Wow, fantastic! Mm. Cute. So Thank you. I brought in my little bits of paper. <laughs> <laughs> So if people want to learn more about Frankston South mm. and uh, maybe they're looking to move here or sell, mm. uh, how can they find you? How can they get in contact with you? We've got a lovely little office in Frankston South. It's in yes. a street called Norman Avenue. So it's a beautiful little boutique office. Uh, we've always got agents there. There's four of us now. Great. Four or five. Five of us now. Yeah, <laughs> That's growing, which is awesome. Yeah. Now, we've set it up really nice and calm. Mm-hmm. So we get mm. people walking in all the time, sitting down on the couch, having a chat, finding out about the local area. Mm. So we love to help them explain how much they've got to pay to get into certain pockets of Flax yes. and South. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll spend a lot of time with them. Don't mind doing that. I love giving them information about my chosen area. Mm-hmm. And we'll help them understand what they'll get for the money and how much more they've got to pay to get what they're really looking for. Yep, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah, so they can find us in on Janistan Estate Agents website mm-hmm. or Facebook page, mm-hmm. or you can give us a call. Brian, where can you be seen? Well, not at the Pally Bar yep, anymore. Okay. <laughs> right. But certainly on um, on Janistan Real Estate yep. um, page, it's all my contact details yep. are there. So I'm um, yeah. Mm. Janice is on um, Insta as well. It's um, Janice Duns and I'm on Facebook if you search. I didn't know I was on Instagram. Yes, you are. (laughs) And then also on Facebook if you search Janice Duns, 
she will come up and so will the agency. <laughs> Your website's beautiful, by the way. I was mm, having a look you. at it the other day. Some gorgeous photos on yeah. there. So. My office manager, Rebecca, that's uh, my business partner. She's mm. actually with my daughter. Uh, <laughs> she actually created that website. So I think she did a She's talented. Wow, she is very talented. She is talented. She's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We thank really, you really appreciate thank you so much. it. It was great to meet you. Tara, you've met Janice before. I've known Janice since forever. <laughs> and nice to meet you, Brian. Welcome to, are you fairly new to the agency? Or? I'm, yeah, very new with, mm. um, with Janice. I've been in the industry for a couple of years now, but yeah, yeah mm. I'm part of the Janice Dunn family. Aww, now. Very good. Well, we're going to take a bit of a break and when we come back, we have our finance segment with Carl and the property geek out with Tara. Yay. Welcome back everybody. It's one of my favorite segments of the night and this is the finance segment with my good friend Carl. Are you there Carl? Hey Tara, good evening. How are you? Uh, really good. Good to good to good to hear you, Carl. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Likewise. Um We've got a really interesting question for you today. Um, it's, oh, it's a question that's ca- come in through Facebook. Okay. Okay. So the question is, I'm in my 40s and I haven't bought a house yet. This is a hypothetical. This is not me. This is an anonymous question we had. Um, but it's quite a, it's, 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 it's a very common scenario. I'm in my 40s. I haven't bought a house yet. What should I do? Um, if you're, in that predicament? Yes, if um, I'm in that predicament, I'm in my forties, yeah. I haven't bought a house yet. What's my what's my first steps to getting my first home? And, and is it too late? Should is I, it too should late? I just give up? Do I rent for the rest of my life? Mm. No, not at all. Um you, you should never give up. Um, you know, you just don't know what life throws at you and um if you're in a position um to purchase your first home, um, you are entitled to a stamp duty concession if you're buying established property under um, 600000 Yes. And um, if um, someone was thinking about building, um, then they would be entitled to the first homeowner's grant of uh, $10,000. That's a good first um, step, yeah, isn't so it? There's, yeah, so there's no age restriction on, um, you know, being a first-home buyer. Um, the reality is that where the market sits, Mm. Um, it's become harder and harder to buy your first home. Yes. Um, it's all about um, really putting that deposit together um, is, is the biggest challenge um, based on where the property prices are currently are at the moment, particularly in, you know, um, you know the Sydneys and the, in the Melbourne mm. um, metro uh, and suburbs. But, you know, it's a different story when you want to live in the country because yep. um, prices out there are are a little bit more affordable than mm. what they are in the in the suburbs. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, and if you're in your forties, you've still got another twenty years of you know workforce, so there's plenty of time to pay off a mortgage that way, isn't there? Yeah, look, mm. I, a quick story. I I, um, I helped a um, first home buyer uh, last year. Um, he was in his uh, early fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was that he had a relative um, in Europe passed away, and um, uh, in his way of saying thank you for everything that he did for for that particular relative, he um, gifted him about two hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow! Okay. So and and that was his you know gateway to pretty much you know do something really positive with it, and he and he bought a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though he was in his early fifties, the lenders were still happy to lend to him. 
Yeah, no yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, lenders don't have a problem lending to anyone as long as you can service the debt. And, and what the banks are really be careful about, particularly when um, customers are in their, uh, in their 50s, um, is they want to know what your exit strategy looks like, you know, because oh. um, banks don't like to have customers in their, um, in their 70s um, paying a mortgage. So, oh, yeah. um, so for that particular client, um, you know, uh, he, he was quite um, diligent about how he purchased and wasn't being over the top and we only really needed, a, I think, uh, a 20-year loan term in the end. So it, it all stacked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I could have helped him get a 30-year loan term, but, but, yeah, not an issue at all because he had a suitable exit strategy. Um, that That's something that lenders are... Are really big on at the moment um, is responsible strategy. lending, yeah, mm. and and in particular, if you're in your um, late forties, early fifties, you must have an exit strategy. So, give us an example of an exit strategy. Um, well, if you're buying a a, a, a home uh, for your family, it's got four bedrooms, two living areas. You know, by the time you're probably in your seventies, when the kids have all grown up. Um, you're not really going to need that much space as a house, mm-hmm. so you're probably going to be looking to downsize. Okay. Um, so you know, as part of an exit strategy, is that you'd be looking to downsize. You'd, you'd sell yeah. that home and buy a smaller property, um, and you know, with the sale of that uh, family home, you would have some uh, residual money left over. Okay. Um, to buy a, a new home, but, you know, at that point, let's say 70 years old, right, he's looking to make that move, he's probably got a mortgage of, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars okay. um, $60,000, and the home's probably at that point, I'm speculating here, but just as a, as a scenario, he could probably sell it for around eight fifty. you mm. know, so he's got 800000 to play with, mm-hmm. and, you know, he could buy a, a, a townhouse for for that in cash, mm-hmm. um, and you know he'd have money left over. Okay. So that something like that would be a suitable exit strategy. And so, as a broker, you'd you'd help present it to the bank that way, so that um, they're they're able to present what their strategy would be. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. In a favourable uh, way. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 our job. And, and look, you know, if if a client had you know several um, uh, residential investment properties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then the exit strategy is not about selling the family home, it's selling one of the investment properties. Okay, um, You know, if if um, uh, the applicant has got a fair bit of money in super, like, you know, we're talking quite a fair bit, mm-hmm. you know, that would be a suitable um, exit strategy as well. Mm. I like your thinking, Carl. Very good. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, mm. so if you're in your, you know, uh, late... Uh, uh, 40s, 50s, even 60s, uh, don't be deterred by the age. Um, there's always um, uh, lenders out there that are happy to uh, talk to to um, customers as long as, you know, it's the right structure for them and, and you know, it, it benefits the customer at the same time. Very good. All right. Well, if I do have any questions, Carl, where, how can I find you? Yeah, the best way to find me is giving me a call. Yeah. Um, uh, 0424 
0034 is, is the number. Um, if you're always on social media, you'll find us um, in Facebook and also in Instagram. Yep. Um, and you can pop a message on our website as well, which is um, violetterfinance.com.au. Yep. So on Instagram, Violetta Finance, um, and Facebook, just Violetta Finance. How do we spell Violetta? V I. And we'll do that again. It's just one yeah, T. One T. Yeah. <laughs> Not two T's. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Carl. That was really, really worthwhile. Uh, no worries, Tara. It was really lovely to speak to you and enjoy the weekend. Yes, you, you too. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. I'm at one of my favourite sections because it's fabulous, isn't it? <laughs> I just realised, Cara, I've just made you introduce your own segment. I'm so sorry. I do it all. <laughs> so I'm doing um, Property Geek Out because I love to get a bit geeky about property. And mm-hmm. this week I'm going to talk about prefab houses um, because there's mm. some really interesting ones out there at the moment. There's Archibox everyone's talking about, there's Prebuilt and there's Modscape. And they're these really sort of cool high-end um, pre-built um, houses that are built in a factory somewhere, put on a truck and taken away and placed on a site. Okay. So it's really, really exciting. You can have a fantastic house, you know, with um, only a few days on site. Like what size house? Well, this is the interesting thing. So they, they, they do sort of change in different sizes. The, the average square is – the average size is about 28 squares. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get smaller and larger, obviously. Mm. You can get modules and add them together. Oh, um, okay. So that's how that yeah. would work. Okay. Yeah. So they're sort of pre-made modules and they they sort of they're put together on site. So everyone, they're very exciting and very interesting. Mm. Um, I think it's a technology that's been sort of being developed and developed for years. There's a lot of um, prefab that is used in building anyway, like, for instance, with the trusses of houses, you know, like the, the frame and the roof and all that sort of stuff. That's quite often prefabricated elements of them as well, just yeah. used in traditional building. Um, and as children, we all know those prefabricated demountables that they have at schools, <laughs> which, you know, these are not that, okay? Yeah. These are lovely high-end architecturally designed houses. Um, so, yeah, Archibox, Prebuilt, Modscape, there are the ones that a lot of people um, know about. So, look, they're, they're good for different purposes. Um, they're really good for hard-to-access sites, mm-hmm. okay, because a lot of the work is done in a factory and it can just be craned into place. Yeah. Um, they're also good in in remote sites as well because yes. you're not having to get all your trades out to this remote site. Um, most of it's built in the factory and just put in place. Um, and they're also great in a scenario where you need something built very, very quick. Right. Yeah. yeah. So let's say it needs to be done in four months. Mm-hmm. Done. Um, in a predictable way as well, because you remember it's not, um, weather's not an issue because it's in a factory space. So, you know, the workers aren't going to get rained out and all sorts of things. It's all very predictable. Um, ironically, but, and some people, I think it goes back to when we were kids, how we had those pre, um, fabricated demountables in the primary schools. Mm. People get the assumption that these houses are going to be cheap. And they're not. Right. Okay, they're not. They're architecturally designed, beautiful houses, and they come with a price tag mm-hmm. accordingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they cost a lot of money to make, and they're a bit special. So they're not cheap to build. Um, f- from a per square metre rate, they're actually more in- 
more expensive than um, pro, um, project builds. Okay. Or, um, yeah, the mass builders. Like they're, your volume builders. Your volume yep, builders, yep. yep. They're actually more expensive than them. Right. And they're also in some scenarios even more expensive than custom building oh, truly? as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that surprises people a lot, particularly because these structures are made out of lightweight material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you sort of get the assumption, oh, because it's, you know, made out of um, weatherboard or colour bond, it will be cheaper. It's not because it's, you know, the best of the best with all the cool architectural finishes mm. and designed in a certain way. So even though it's lightweight and it's transported to site, um doesn't mean it's cheap. <laughs> mm. So that surprises people. Um, so, yeah, so I guess that's something to keep into mind. Also, um, you know, if you're looking to build a family home, if you want to have the cheapest option, it's not this. Yep. Okay. okay. Generally speaking, unless you're in a remote spot or a really difficult site, this is not the cheapest option. Um, you've also got to consider the resale value as well. Okay, because there is that assumption because it is made out of this lightweight material that potential buyers may look at that and value it less than, let's say, a brick house or a rendered house or Mm. a more solid-looking house. Um, And also it's a little bit unconventional. It's it's the cutting edge of design. Um, There's only... Uh, you're sort of cutting out a lot of your buyers in that market too. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Janice? Do I you... certainly would. Yeah. Uh, making something more universal that everybody would be interested in, Yeah. I think is a smarter way to go. Yeah, I, I think so. I think sometimes these, you know, this, this, these high-end um, architecturally designed prefabbed houses, you know, there, there's a group of people who absolutely love them, absolutely mm. love them. But, you know, when you want to sell your house, you want as many people competing from that house as possible, yes. which Janice has taught me over the years. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that that's where um, where that option may fall down a little bit. So if it's for yourself, it's for your ever, for forever home, it's suited to your site, if you love it, that's great, go for it. But if you're, you know, looking at the dollars in the bank and you're looking to resell it, it may not be the perfect option. So do your sums, shop around and really think this through. Mm, very good advice. Mm. Yeah, I, I had never even thought of them as an option. But Yeah, well, a lot of people think, oh, look, you know, I'll just put a prefab on it. And they think that that's going to be cheap. And unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's yeah. really not. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing good is cheap. No, no, that's true. Mm. That's true. You you get you get what you pay for. And we mm. saw some gorgeous um I don't know if they're prefab houses, but mm. when we were look when we were in, when we were interviewing Tropo architects. Yeah, they were yeah, a bit fabulous. Yeah, and those houses can be built mm. in, in, on site and then moved to a location, but they would not be cheap Same homes. concept, same yeah, concept. Very, so yeah. that's probably why Tropo are doing that. That will inform, you know, any prefab designs that they're doing and so mm. forth. So, yeah, it's a similar sort of idea. Yeah, however, the ones that are on the market for the mainstream people to build houses, the modscapes, the archibuilds, the pre-builds, um, they're a high-end product. Yeah. And cost accordingly. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Now, sorry, awkward pause. Mm. Very interesting. Well, it is. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. It's worth a pause. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? Mm. That um, that actually brings us to the end of the show. It does. It gives us some something to ponder until next week. It so, does. so if you do want to talk more about houses or renovating and building in um, on the Mornington Peninsula or the Bayside areas, we have a cool Facebook group called. Um, 
Building Dreams Mornington Peninsula. Yes. Jump on there, join if you're local, um, come on and talk about your projects. We're beautiful community of people who are in the industry and people just renovating their houses, Mm. swapping ideas, sharing ideas. We love to share pictures with each other and inspiration. So welcome to join us at Building Dreams Mornington Peninsula. So thank you so much for tuning in. We just want to give a shout out to everyone who's listening in Wellington, New Zealand. They listen to the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for choosing Dream Home Movement to spend your Thursday night with and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.